2: Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8000 PA suction and Mopmaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's EUFY.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799.
3: Hi and welcome to These Four Walls. Hi, Hi Shan. Annie. Ooh, oh, there we, we said go. that together.
4: All right, Annie. What was the last thing you Instagrammed?
3: Um. Okay. Uh, I Instagrammed my tickets from the
4: Beyonce concert. Oh my god! I think I saw that. Actually, I knew that. It Are you now a... regretting that you asked that question? Um. No, because I went to Beyonce as well. that's amazing. Oh, yes. What was your favorite moment?
3: Um when all the water was on the stage and they did that really amazing dance routine. Yeah,
4: Beyonce almost almost slipped as well. That was did she? Intense. I didn't did did you not see that? that. No. She almost skidded in the water and everyone was like <gasps> Beyonce. Yeah. Um what was the last thing you instagrammed? Oh. <laughs> um I'm going to check. Oh yeah, okay. So mine was also uh, um some live music. Mine is um Kendrick Lamar at British Summertime, that festival in oh, Hyde. Yeah, cuz you
3: and Georgia went to that
4: we did yeah george and i headed there and it wasn't all fun because we did some work for these four walls while we were there which is fun yeah um so you know the point in this podcast where your favorite song comes on l-o-v-e and we speak to people about dating relationships lack of relationships all that kind of thing we thought we'd mix it up this time and ask festival goers to help us out with their thoughts
3: Okay, interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing what they said. That's quite a good one. And there's actually loads happening in London at the moment because there's a new exhibition that Georgia went to find out all about, a Georgia O'Keeffe exhibition at the tape. She did, yeah. We sent our very own Georgia Murray to Georgia
4: O'Keeffe to see what was going on. And who was your guest in the office this week? Oh, I had such a good guest, Annie. I got the lovely Sharon Rooney. Uh, So she was the star of... Did you watch that E4 show, My Mad Fat Diary? Yes, very funny. Yeah, exactly. So she was great. She absolutely loved ASOS as well. And she was a big fan of our pal, Debbie. Oh, ASOS Debs. ASOS Deb, yeah. Oh, that's
3: nice. Well, actually, talking about what everybody's wearing in the office, I spoke to Becky, one of our junior stylists, and Lottie, who is one of our writers for ASOS Likes, about what is everyone wearing at the office. Well, what is everyone wearing? Go on then, get in the cupboard. Okay. Okay, so this episode I'm back in the fashion cupboard and I have two new guests joining me. So, would you like to introduce yourself?
5: I'm Becky, I'm on the fashion
3: team
0: and I'm junior stylist. I'm Lottie, um, I'm on the ASOS Likes team and I'm a writer.
3: OK, so firstly, do you just want to describe a little bit about what your job involves at ASOS? So, Bex, do you want to go first?
5: Basically, our team, um, between about 14 of us, we style all of the creative shoots that go on the homepage across all territories, the magazine, and a lot for social as well.
3: So you spend a lot of time in the fashion cupboard? A lot of
5: time in the fashion cupboard. Which is cupboard. actually, I don't think
3: I've ever mentioned it, it's actually quite big. It's not just like a little harry potter under the stair cupboard it's like it's it's basically more of a room but we just call it the fashion cupboard um and lottie what do you do on likes
0: um i write fashion beauty entertainment content and do a lot of the social media as well so all the memes that you see on facebook that's me that's you that's lottie um
3: so i wanted to talk a bit about when we come into work every day everyone's always wearing such great outfits Yes, yes, right? Yes, so I much agreed. so that maybe you're like, Oh, why did I wear this outfit today? I should have worn <laughs> her outfit. Yeah. Um, so what sort of things are people wearing at the moment? What have you seen people wearing around the office that look really cool?
5: It did see floral cami, which is black. And it's got really thin cami straps, and it has a little flutter hem at the bottom.
3: Okay, so that's a little cami top. And are loads of people wearing that sort of floral print?
5: That floral print, that sort of 90s grunge style, whether it's in a dress or in a top, layered over T-shirts, jeans...
0: It's just everywhere.
3: So Lots you can you like florals. You would wear that with
0: a little T shirt and Yeah, hundred percent. I keep seeing lots coming in that like long um, with the slips
5: at oh, the side. And the spots at the bottom. Yeah, that and she wears so it with a little t shirt. Like,
3: is oh, that a top or you. a skirt? That's a dress. A dress.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and then, what else are you seeing people wearing?
0: Um, definitely mules. Like yeah. so
3: many mules.
5: Mules is definitely a style for the summer.
3: So mule shoes. Yeah. okay I don't know I haven't been able to wear those yet don't they just fall
0: off your feet no I think like as long as you get them in the right size they stay on I've had to go a size down in my mules though oh, so do I do to get a four instead of a five and, but- a, and play like sort of plain
3: mules or what kind of colors or styles are people going for
5: All sorts of mules, really, but we really love the golden black brocade style that have just come on the side. It's the whole nod to that renaissance, like Edwardian style, very opulent, but as well, it's like how to wear new season things now, and... The brocade meal's great. Great child. Because a shoe, that's quite
3: a good way to get into that sort of trend. Because it's quite full on, isn't it? Sort of like a, a rich print renaissance. If you didn't want to wear that like as a jacket.
0: Yeah, it's not too much. Yeah. It's just sort of like a little, little addition. So are people bit. wearing those brocade prints with denim?
5: Yeah, boyfriend jeans like in a really casual way with t-shirts and things like that but then uh, one of the girls in our team like absolutely loves them she wears them with like amazing like sheer dresses and floral prints and really clashes them which also looks great it's just as you say it's a nice way to do a nod to the trend but without jumping in with both feet
3: so on the shoe front loafers i've seen everyone wearing loafers are
0: they
5: everywhere i need to
0: get a pair but. I'm yet to find the perfect pair. Becky, tell me. <laughs> what should I be buying?
5: <laughs> there's just been a really cool silver pair go on site. They've got a gold horse bit. They're little flat loafers, really cool with jeans, really cool with dresses. I say that's your pair. Nice.
3: Okay, I was I'm going to get some loafers.
0: We're going to be matching. Yeah. Everyone's matching the yeah, everyone <laughs> everyone
3: always turns up in like similar <laughs> outfits. We do those Instagrams where everyone's just wearing stripes and there's like Having five a people Having a moment. Yeah. Um, and what are there apart from shoes? What other um, pieces are people wearing?
0: So like thin, uh, cold shoulder, cold shoulder, everything, but cold shoulder jumpers. Okay. I've seen yeah. quite a few
5: of. Yeah. The, oh, that green one, the ribbed one. Yeah, with
0: the little like frill.
5: Oh yeah, that's so cute. It's like that's a nod to the sort of. Granny, fake, vintage sort of style that has been really big through the summer. Again, that'll carry through the winter, I think. Um, really easy to layer with cold shoulder. Be really nice with something gingham or striped underneath. And we're loving those acidic colours.
3: So that's, a re- that's kind of a new way to layer, I think. Because you wouldn't necessarily think of wearing a jumper with holes kind of at the shoulder. But then it's nice yeah. if you put something printed underneath. Mm. It's an interesting way, I think, to think about Mm -hmm. your winter trends. I mean,
5: we haven't really had... We've had unpredictable weather, so jump us in July. It's an (laughs) in-between item. (laughs) An in-between
3: item. Okay, right now, girls, I'm going to challenge you. I have three fashion emergencies that I want your opinion on for people. Okay, number one. So if you had a job interview what would you what are your tips for what to wear? Lottie? Oh.
0: Um, I'm trying to think about what I wore from my interview here I think I wore like black collots and a little kind of crop black fluffy jumper so it's quite like simple in terms of colours but um, I think I might have worn a lippy as well just so, you know sort of stand out but um, make make myself a bit more memorable, I guess.
3: That's so quite a good option to go for something quite safe that's black, but then maybe yeah. put a bit of lipstick put a on. Bit lippy. Yeah. Nice, Bex. What did you wear for your interview here?
5: My interview was uh, a few years ago now. Um, it was in the winter, so I wore again a little fluffy jumper that must have been hey. big around that oh. time. <laughs> <laughs> in um, a checked print. Uh, denim mini skirt <laughs> <laughs> and thick black tights with little block heeled loafers okay it's that balance isn't it
3: of looking smart but then showing your personality as well yeah okay so, yeah. Yeah. not right. taking
5: it too serious
3: fashion emergency number two
5: mm-hmm.
3: i'm going on holiday and i haven't paid for a bag to put in the airplane so i've only got my hand luggage what are your tips on how to pack
0: always pay no
2: <laughs> <laughs> always take My a bigger bag yeah. Why pay? <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay so <laughs> we're not getting a bag <laughs> so you must be a pro how do you pack then basically like non-iron cami dresses can be worn to the beach can be worn on a night out with a little choker and a bit extra makeup cami dresses all the way
0: with a little t-shirt
5: exactly Day. yeah Okay,
0: um, so can one of everything, dresses? I guess, as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, one bikini. Don't go overboard. I like choices. That's why I struggle. I think I like choices at home, but once I'm there, I just wear the same one anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay,
5: always A bit of
3: difference of opinion. Lottie would always take a bigger bag. What we've established from this.
0: Yeah. Okay, also, loads of layers on the plane.
3: Yes. there's your way around it wear more clothes on the plane yeah um and third fashion emergency you have an invite to an event but the dress code says smart casual the the dilemma of a smart casual, casual yeah what would you wear
5: personally i would go for a dress um with like either a really cool jacket like a bomber jacket in a satin with um maybe like a mid-heel or like a little lace-up sandal something like that or a smarter shoe with like a denim jacket just so again yeah. like the interview thing not taking it too seriously casual see, jacket but like, still like no
0: trainers and maybe like
5: a key dress or jumpsuit or something yeah, a little bit of not a nod to a trend maybe
3: I think, you, I think you answered those really, really well. I don't think those are fashion emergencies at all. It just took it in your stride. No. Okay, perfect. Loads of tips. <laughs> all right, girls. Well, thank you so much for chatting me, to me today. No Thanks, Annie. Problem. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you're all wearing around the office
4: because then I'm going to copy it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. See you later. Bye.
4: Cold shoulder top. Yeah. I've learned something new.
3: Have you? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? A knit, knitwear with cold shoulders. Yeah, col- so a big hole in both shoulders, both sides. Yeah, and then you layer something underneath, so that's a really good look. Mm. And I'm definitely going to buy some loafers. Yeah, that made me
4: quite want to get on a loafer.
3: I've wanted some for ages, and silver loafers, I think I'm going to go buy them.
4: Do it. Um, what did you wear to your interview at ASOS? Ooh, Annie, that was many years ago, when I was just a girl. <laughs> um, no, I can remember, I wore these black and white like check trousers and a black jumper See and a that... necklace which is now lost. So quite like what the girls said then?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's like a tr- a, trizer, a smart trouser and a jumper. Okay, so anyway, you and
4: Georgia went to British summertime. We did, yeah. We had the best time. Uh, so what we did is we hit up everyone we could find and we asked them the best way of dealing with a breakup. L-O-V-E. It's that music.
3: It's the music. But this episode, you and Georgia went out to British summertime
4: and asked people about love. What did you ask them? We were asking people about breakups. So the best way to get over a breakup.
6: I've dealt with a breakup by staying, sort of preserving the love between me and my, my other. And um, also by committing to the decision, um, allowing myself to sort of grow outside of that connection. It's say don't repress it. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Just
0: carry on with your life and realize that a man does not define you.
4: Flapjacks and masturbation
1: with music. Definitely music, yeah. How have you dealt
5: with a breakup? Ate loads of junk food, watched loads of chick flicks and cried to my best friends.
1: (laughs) I think that when you break up with someone, you you have to grieve, because it it is, it's like a death. And I think people take that for granted. You know, you break up your boyfriend in the office or whatever, and it's a bit, sometimes it's a bit to like to get over it. So it's like someone died, they're not in your life anymore. It's the same feeling. And so you have to go through these stages. So you have kind of your grief and you're crying. And then I think there's denial. And then I think there's a lot of anger. And then there's regret. And then get back out there, and see your friends, and get busy. And then try and do lots of things that are really good for you. And yoga. And reading. Run, and run a lot. Take time for
5: yourself, I think that's the main
3: one. <laughs> Music and food, I think. That's my, <laughs> my comfort in life.
4: <laughs> Best way to get over a breakup is to get your hair cut, put on some tan, and have a glass of
1: wine. Mean Girls and Ben and Jerry's.
3: <sighs> Should we just talk about the elephant in the room? <laughs> what elephant in the room? Who eats flapjacks
4: after a breakup? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> flapjacks i know yeah what would be your breakup food of choice mm, i'd probably be totally cliche and just eat all of the chocolate chocolate you see i can't eat chocolate oh yeah you're you yeah, no no dairy free you can't say around watching chocolate eating
3: ben and jerry's either i think i'd just eat bread <laughs> <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like five french baguettes
0: <laughs> yeah, bread is
3: comfort food yeah bread is good kind of it's carbs. not really like carbs ice cream, or carbs. but yeah. it's carbs yeah and so
4: sharon came in this week oh sharon yes she did do you think she gets people calling her shannon because i I get a lot of sharon emails i was just about to say
3: there's quite a lot of similar names going on here
4: georgia georgia okay yeah that will
3: be happening (laughs) later and then sharon and shannon yeah where's the where's the other annie or the anna she's coming next episode okay so let's hear from sharon
4: Hi Sharon, welcome to the ASUS office. Hi Sharon, thanks five. for having me. Yeah. Um, Sharon, you've been such a ray of like, like, we met, what, like five minutes ago. Yeah. I've led Sharon up to the sixth floor, which is where we're at. And you've just been like saying hi to people, giving people compliments. You're yeah, so everyone nice. looks
6: amazing. It's, what was that girl's name again? What was oh, her name? Debbie, I oh, Debbie. ASOS underscore Debbie. Oh, man. She is a goddess. She walked past me downstairs and I felt myself just wanting to slow clap. <laughs> she looks gorgeous. And the office is so fun. Can I come and work here? Oh, my gosh. Of course. Yeah, any time.
4: I would do Debbie any work. Never, though. ever wears the same thing twice. Really? Like no one's ever seen her. It's incredible, and she wears heels the whole time, and she can yeah, walk in them. She's amazing. It's yeah, she's pretty skilled. Uh, so we were just talking about ASOS pajamas, yes. which you're a fan of, a big fan of. What's your, what do you look for in a pajama?
6: I look for a fun print. Mm-hmm. I look for the cuffed bottoms cuffed I but- for- oh so they yeah, go in at the bottom yeah. and I look for a little bit of sass and I own all of the ASOS carved pyjamas all of them <gasps> even, I even have a nightie that says bride to be <laughs> and I am not a bride to be but I feel like <laughs> I'm ready for that
4: I'm ready just in, in case I'm ready that's amazing i'm ready to one day be a bride to be potentially yeah that's so good um and you also said that you sometimes leave little notes in your ASUS returns yeah because it's just the
6: nicest person <laughs> in the world it's because sometimes i'm a little bit late in um, <laughs> returning items uh because i've been away or and sometimes i return quite a lot because i buy everything in a couple of sizes and you know i like to be prepared yeah. And um, I feel bad for sending so much stuff back. So sometimes I just write little notes and say, sorry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh,
4: you're the cutest. <laughs> this is so good. Um, all right, so we're here to talk about Brief Encounters, which yes. we're going to, but just wanted to touch on my Mad Fat Diary before that, because I noticed actually as you were walking along, definitely a few looks from of stuff. <laughs> I know that was a big hit in this office, but that show, like, people were obsessed with, people weren't mad for
6: yeah, I think it was I think the the night being in the 90s I think so many people could relate to that to being yeah. that age in the 90s. The music was great and I think having a character like Ray at the forefront doing all these things that we all go through with no sugarcoating. Yeah. I think that's what people liked. It was a real honest and truthful I hope portrayal of yeah. what it was like to be mad, fat, and sexy in nineteen ninety
4: six. Yeah, it was. It was so much fun. Um, and Ray as well. Like you touched on, she's such a great character. But I, I was looking, well, stalking. So yeah. many um, like, comments on like your Instagram and your Twitter, all just saying how much they love Ray and how much they yeah. could relate to her. Did that make you really big headed? <laughs> no,
6: it made me feel really humble, actually, yeah. and, and really. I, d- I don't know it's funny as an actor you always want to do your best and you always want to touch people and you always want people to enjoy it because that's the whole point you yeah. want to entertain but i think for ray to have helped people yeah i think is more than i ever i ever done. it's dim- amazing it's so
4: refreshing it's like there's nothing like there's nothing better me. than
6: someone saying like
4: it's helped them yeah that's the best feeling that's better than anything oh and were you were you all pretty sad when it ended yeah, you seem like quite a tight knit cast.
6: We are, and we also keep in touch. We all still you? talk. Yeah, Aww. you know, I think. But what's when that you, group? Yeah, and I think when you go through, like we kind of grew up together, yeah. and we go through all those highs and lows together. You, you form bonds that will never break. And Claire and Ian, I still speak to. And yeah, yeah, it was it was good, and we did get some cheeky ASOS ASOS bits in. And the series, yeah. Ray also was a fan of ASOS. Oh my god! She also was a fan. But we did have we. D- she did wear some pretty cool ASOS. The leather yeah, jacket. Her, the fashion the on the whole show dress. was amazing.
4: It was really cool. So good. Oh, I've kept most of the most of the ASOS bits. Oh, nice. <laughs> good work. All right. Um, and now you've gone back to the eighties. Yeah. For brief encounters, making my way through. <laughs> so brief encounters. It's a new ITV show. It's on at at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. on yes. Monday, starts Smashed on Monday. It. Um, so I've seen the first episode, it's so hilarious. <laughs> How did that sort of all come about?
6: The show? Or yeah, we getting... like, were you approached
4: for it or did you hear about it on audition? So and...
6: I was rehearsing for um, Henry the Fourth that we were taking to New York and I mm-hmm. got got the script through and I thought, what? what is this? I read the brief really quickly when I was in a warm-up and yeah. obviously I'm warm up.
4: Can you sort of describe what it is?
6: So it's basically the story of four women in Sheffield in the 80s who start selling Ann Summers and start doing Ann Summers parties and it's basically about how that changes their lives and how they become a little kind of group of four strong women there for each other, the men in their lives and all these goings on that kind of come from these parties.
4: It's so fun. It's really good. Um, and if you had to sum it up in kind of three words, what would you say? Why should people watch it?
6: It's surprising. Mm. It's naughty. And
4: <laughs> it's heartfelt. Oh, my gosh. You smashed it. Da-da. Good choice. All right, so that's ITV Monday, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Be there. Or on ITV Player. Yeah. in It is 2016. Um all right, are you ready <laughs> to play our new game? Yes. So, I was talking to Sharon about this game before this, and we think we've... You, I mean, you did some quite good Craig David singing. You're Thank you. quite familiar with Craig David. Thank you. So, this game <laughs> is all about whether Craig David said it or someone else said it. And you can have a bonus point if you can guess who else said it. Okay. So I'm going to give you a clue, which is three of these are Craig, three of these are not Craig. Can you see my bit of paper? No. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ready? Number one. A journey of a single mile starts with just one step.
6: I don't think Craig was the originator of that scene, but maybe he did say it. But I don't think he made that up. I'm sure I've seen that mm. on like a canvas somewhere.
4: <laughs> <laughs> was it in Craig David's boat on Miami? Um, no, you're right. I think that the sentiment probably is much older. Yeah. What are you going to go for?
6: But does it count if he said it, even though he didn't? Yeah. I guess maybe he said it.
4: Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, you're winning. He well did done, Craig. That's a nice quote. He did say it. I like yeah. that. That was a quote on one of his Instagram posts. I like that a lot. All right. Number two. It's a language when you can't speak the same language. It's the way that we celebrate milestones and show love. That's the bigger picture. No. No. (laughs) You're going for no?
6: Yeah. You're right.
4: Really? Do you want to try and get a bonus point? Yeah. No offense, you'll never get this, but you can have a guess. Can I have a clue? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, So, you know, it's like it's a language. Yeah. So, that's not music, that's actually about food.
6: Was it Nigella?
4: Close, kind of close. It's Whole Foods.
6: Oh, I like Whole Foods.
4: Yeah, Whole Foods is amazing.
6: Quite, <laughs> quite expensive,
4: but delicious. Yeah, but, yeah, it's a treat, Yeah, it's it? worth it. Yeah, it's French. a clean treat. Yeah, Friday treat.
6: Um, you're smashing this, all right. Too I right. can't see your paper. I've oh, no, got I my know. I don't, I don't doubt
4: it. All right, ready? Oh, this is a good one. One of the most beautiful realisations you can have is when you decide it's time to stop being a student of life and instead graduate and own it. <laughs> um, oh, I don't
6: know. I feel like he could have said that, but no, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> that sounds like Craig. In fact, I think he said that to me. Oh, did he? No.
4: <laughs> Imagine. I'd love to be given some given like a pep talk by Craig. Yeah, Sh- he's very deep, so- isn't he? Uh, he's so deep. He's very profound. Um, I don't know where to give you that. one Yeah, I'm going to give you that. Thanks. one Thanks um <laughs> all right next one a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity oh you um, just put a really good face there a really uh. good concentrating <laughs> face
6: <laughs> um oh i don't know again i feel like you could have but i'm gonna say no
4: you're right that is actually a bit of the bible oh that's Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Not Craig David. <laughs> not Craig David. Is this too easy? No. Okay, good. You are doing really well. I just like guessing. <laughs> okay, guys, if you're going to serve your woman chocolates to surprise her, why not serve them on a brand new pair of Lubiton's for her? What the fuck's she going to do with a silver platter when the chocolates are gone? Hashtag being creative for your girl. No. It was Craig. Why? He Instagrammed a shoe with some Louboutins in it. he actually do that? I mean, unless he just purchased it all for the purpose of the Instagram, which but I wouldn't I put like past him either. Do
6: They're a nice feature. You know what?
4: I'd much prefer a silver tray yeah, to too. a pair of Louboutins because heels are so uncomfortable.
6: Yeah. I'd yeah. like some slippers and a nice maybe rose gold tray.
4: Yeah. That would be nice. If, yeah, that's the, he should do all three if he yeah. wants to Come be like on, that about Craig. it. Come on, Craig. We're not convinced. Don't throw away But what do you flowers? think about that hashtag? Hashtag being creative for your girl. <laughs> I quite like that <laughs> element of it. Um,
6: yeah. <laughs> it's cute. all right. <laughs> it's cute. Bit of work, it's very romantic, yeah. though.
4: I'd expect more from Craig. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. Are you ready for the very last one? Yes. Keep your life in a positive perspective. We are not defined by our past. That's nice. It is nice, but I don't think he said that. You're so good. You're right. Does he not? Do you want to guess? who did say it. Gandhi. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh well. Do you know what? I did actually have a Gandhi quote in the did long list you? this morning. I took it out. Yeah.
6: Kim Kardashian said that. Kim
4: Kardashian it's said quite... it. Go on,
6: yeah.
4: <laughs> Go on, Kim. Go on, Kim. Go on, Kim all right uh well that's sort of everything you've smashed it on our little game um you've been a pleasure to have in the Ace of thanks office. for having me thank no come back we've definitely de- now i know where you live i have got to come round all the time <laughs> all right give us so brief encounters this monday nine o'clock can you give us any spoilers just you
6: think you know don after episode one but you don't know it at all <gasps> dun,
4: dun, dun. can we do like a drum roll Warren loves it when I do this. can <laughs> hear All right. Thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Bye. Bye.
3: Well, Sharon was very nice. She's cool, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's really funny.
4: She's really cool. Um, that game was quite fun that you played. I mean, Craig David, he has such a scope. He can be really profound and then he can just be a bit weird. I, I like his I think you'd be quite an expert. Like, if I
3: played that with you and I said, did Craig David say this? You'd be like,
4: yes. Thank absolutely you. Absolutely not. I'll take that. He can kind of throw you sometimes, but... And so,
3: Georgia Murray, I feel like, where's she gone? Isn't she meant to be here? Georgia Murray's been with Georgia O'Keeffe. Oh yeah, she's gone down to the Tate. Yeah, shall we see how she got on? Yeah, let's see how she got on.
1: So I'm here at the Tate Modern. Um, I'm about to go to the Georgia O'Keeffe exhibition. Um, it looks absolutely incredible. And then afterwards, I'm gonna to talk to the assistant curator um, about the artist and her work.
7: Hi, my name is Hannah Johnston and I'm Assistant Curator of International Art at Tate Modern. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. It's a pleasure.
1: Um, And yeah, so if we can just kick off by um, you sort of walking me through who Georgia O'Keeffe was and how she began her art and painting.
7: Yeah, so Georgia O'Keeffe was probably one of the most important American artists of the 20th century. Um, Really a kind of founding figure of what has come to be um, associated with American modernism. Mm -hmm. Um, She began in 1916, her kind of mature work. She'd she'd, uh, made things as a student before then, but I think her her mature work started in 1916 when she had her debut at the gallery of photographer Alfred Stieglitz, uh, which was called 291. It was at 291 Fifth Avenue in New York. Um, so she had her debut in 1916 with uh, charcoal drawings that we have in the exhibition, um, and she had a really long and illustrious career. We've stopped in the mid-1960s, mm-hmm. uh, but she carried on until, uh, until her death in the 1980s, so really almost a century. Wow, okay, cool. Um, and so I guess she's best known for her flowers, um, even
1: though my favourites are the American landscapes. Um, and then she kind of goes into her um, New Mexico, Images of Bones and Dramatic Skies. Um, can you briefly talk us through the different stages of her work and how that correlated with different periods of her life?
7: She is best known for her flower paintings, but I think what this exhibition is trying to show that they represent only a very small amount of what she did. Um, and really she's best best understood as a landscape painter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, her early work in the 1920s was very abstract. Um, she was looking at abstractions from nature, blossoms um, and she was also looking at synesthesia Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, the term for when uh, kind of you you trigger a response in a sense by stimulating another sense Mm -hmm. so for example a uh, a sound could invoke a specific color. Yeah. Um, so she was looking at that. Um, she, as you said, she she was hugely associated with New Mexico. She went first oh in the 1920s, goodness. and uh, in the 1940s she moved there permanently. And some of her landscapes that we have later in the show are her yeah. most iconic works. I think she she was looking at skulls and bones, as you say, mm-hmm. but also the the kind of amazing topography of the region. So yeah. the layers of rock that have yeah. been formed for millions of years of geological processes that I won't pretend to understand <laughs> um, but she really was fascinated in that and I think the light as well and did she stay there until her death in um, Mexico? yeah so she she made her first visit as I said in 1929 and she moved permanently in 1949 mm-hmm. um, she'd spent her summers there for A couple of decades but in 1949 she moves permanently and by that point she had two homes one at Abiquiu and one at Ghost Ranch um, and she split her year seasonally between the two.
1: Sounds dreamy to be honest. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she was married to Alfred Stieglitz um, who is an internationally known photographer. Um, Can you tell me a bit more about her personal life and how that might have influenced her work as an artist?
7: She first met Stieglitz in uh, 1916, so he gave her her debut. Mm-hmm. Um, she had sent her drawings, her early, early charcoal drawings to a friend, and the friend had showed them to Stieglitz, and he'd been really fascinated by her work. Mm-hmm. Um, she came to live with him in New York in 1918, and they lived together for some time before they were later married in the 20s. Okay. Um, and I think people have often placed a lot of importance on Stieglitz's role. He was one of the most powerful people in the art world at that time. Yeah. He gave. Picasso, uh, Matisse, their first exhibitions in the U.S. But I think actually what we're trying to show is that the relationship was really one of equality. You know, Mm. they they depended on each other, but they influenced each other's work, Mm. um, and they it was really a kind of an equal partnership that lasted for over thirty years.
1: It's quite interesting the um, kind of correlation between her and Frida Kahlo and how they both married to artists and. Arguably, the women have surpassed the fame and the legacy yeah. of the male yeah. artists.
7: It's an interesting point. I mean, there are lots of parallels between their work, and she did know Frida Kahlo. She went to visit oh, okay. her in Mexico in the 1950s. Oh, wow. Um, she'd know, met her before, I think, in the 1940s in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I think there is a sense with O'Keefe that to some degree she's been kind of eclipsed by her own fame. You know, yeah, people okay. know certain elements of her work. They know the flower paintings. They mm-hmm. know different... Um, different parts but actually what we're trying to show is that her work is so much broader Um, I think people who see the show will be really surprised as they go from room to room to see how her work changes yeah Um, and she's an artist who she never she was never content to stay with the same subject and refine it and refine it you know once she felt like she had addressed what she wanted to address she moved on she pushed herself in a different direction so I think um, like
1: constantly evolving so obviously being one of the most important women and artists of the 20th century, but she rallied against that sort of gendered stereotype of her work, she really didn't like being called a female artist, is that right?
7: Exactly, she spent most of her life campaigning to be seen as an artist, not a woman artist. Um, The interpretations I think that people know about O'Keeffe were first put forward in the 19-teens by Stieglitz. Um, He saw her work in really gendered terms. You know, Mm. when he first saw her early charcoals, he he apparently exclaimed, finally, a woman on paper. Okay. And this is something that she really was fighting against. Uh You know, she didn't want to be put into a box in that way. She didn't want her works to be seen as gendered. And, you know, many of the Freudian interpretations, so these sexualized interpretations of her painting, were denied by the artists throughout her whole life even in the 70s when a new generation of feminist artists Mm. tried to kind of get her on board with their cause she just she wasn't interested in that either because she didn't want to be seen as a woman artist Um, even though she was a really incredible supporter of women's rights um, she wrote to eleanor roosevelt about women's rights she was a member of the national women's party for most of her life so it wasn't that she wasn't supporting the cause she just Mm -hmm. wanted to be seen as uh as a, a an equal to her male peers and it, and I, I think if we remember that she was coming to kind of the fore at a time when it was a really male dominated art world yeah, in the nineteen teens and the 20s there weren't that many women painters mm-hmm. at the time and i think she wanted to be seen on a on a on a level playing field yeah
1: um and we rarely get to see her paintings in the UK, and I think there's quite there's quite a lot in the exhibition that haven't been shown in the UK before. It's yes. really exciting. Um, but why now? Why is uh, 2016 the year that you thought we really need this exhibition?
7: Yeah, as you say, we haven't had a show in the UK for 23 years. It's, it's a first in a generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really an amazing opportunity because there are no works on public display in the uk you can't see these paintings anywhere so it just feels like it's a good time and it's a century after her debut so we're really celebrating the century that we've known okeefe so the mm. century since her debut but also O'Keeffe's century she lived to 98 yeah. years old she lived through almost a century of change so we're kind of we've had those two centuries in mind i think so incredible and the, we were saying, um,
1: walking through the exhibition, the preservation of the works, being 100 years old, is absolutely incredible.
7: They're sort of pristine. We do, we do. Yeah, we do have an incredible conservation uh, yeah. team. But, you know, I think that's really a really good point because the paintings do look like they were painted yesterday. Yeah. They're very fresh.
1: And the, the colours are so vibrant as well, It's gorgeous.
7: And um, I think, for me,
1: one of the really beautiful things, is her the photographs that Stieglitz took of her, you can really see parallels with the way she dresses and looks and poses with some fashion brands like um, Celine um, and everything that Phoebe Philo's taken on board that really like paired back minimalism. Um, so I think people coming will not only see and appreciate the art, but that that kind of thing as Absolutely. well. Absolutely.
7: I mean, she was so radical thinking. You know, people were writing in the 20s that she didn't dress like other girls. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's come at an age of, you know, turn of the century, frilly dresses. Yeah. And really, she's wearing very masculine suits. Uh, she's incredibly sharp tailoring. Um, she had many, many pairs of designer shoes that she wore through the New Mexico desert. So I think she's really a... Um, An incredible personality. And as you say, the photographs that we have by Stieglitz that are alongside the paintings give you a sense of that. This one's quite tricky. If you had to sum up O'Keeffe in one sentence, what would it be? Wow, one sentence. I would say just a, a founding figure of modernism who deserves to be looked at with new eyes, I think, after a century. That's perfect, and I definitely <laughs> think the exhibition will help people do that, for sure. Um,
1: well, thank you so much for talking no to problem. me. Um, and everyone go and see the exhibition. You've got until the 30th of
7: October. Open it opens today, 6th of July, and it's open until the 30th of October. Yeah, perfect. So you've got plenty of time to come to London and see it. Um, yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
4: Welcome back. Hi, guys. Georgia Murray, you're back. I am back. Did you have fun? It was
1: absolutely incredible. It's really beautiful and everyone should go.
3: Yeah, it sounded really cool.
1: Yeah, and it's the new bit of the Tate open now? Yeah, that's the switch house. That opened maybe a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the viewing platform is higher than the one on the boiler house. Um, so the view across London is absolutely amazing. <laughs> that's nice. But the Georgia O'Keefe thing isn't in the new bit, is it? No, that is in the boiler house. Um, Which is the old Oh, okay, in the old bit Yeah Yeah, um, because it was the first day it opened, wasn't it? Yeah, which was Wednesday um, And it was Was it busy? Yeah, it was busy, actually Um, Lots of school kids Classic gallery on a weekday Um, But yeah, still Because it's such a big exhibition It's about ten rooms um, Plenty to see And you can take your time, which is quite nice
4: That's so good Do you feel like a Georgia O'Keeffe expert now? I kind of do, you know But Mm -hmm. mainly because of
1: the assistant curator She was amazing
4: were you a fan before? I,
1: To be honest, I wasn't. And that's just because I'd only really seen the flowers, which is... Obviously, really well known for, um, which isn't my kind of thing, but having been to the exhibition and seen the more um, kind of landscapy y yeah. Mexican um, paintings and the skulls across sort of like a desert. Oh, yeah, the night skulls sky, are really cool. They're so cool. So um, there's a bit,
4: there was a lot of non flower stuff as well, then.
1: Yeah, I think the flowers only took up about um, one and a half, two rooms, whereas the Mexican oh. period of her life was sort of the three final rooms. Yeah, so that's interesting that people kind of know her for that, but there's actually a lot more that you can go see. Exactly, yeah. Don't Just think that she's the flower woman.
4: What was the coolest thing about her?
1: To be honest, I loved her husband's photographs of her. So, Alfred Stieglitz, who was a really prominent photographer, and he took the most stunning pictures of her wearing these amazing, like, masculine shirts and wide brim hats and, like, these amazing, sort of, tailored trousers. Um, She was a very well dressed lady.
3: So, she's actually a bit of a fashion icon herself. Rather than just seeing her work, you can see what she used to wear?
1: Exactly, yeah. You can kind of tell. how brands like Celine have kind of like taken some of her style and used that sort of pared back minimalism.
3: And is this, so how many big exhibitions like this do the tape put on each year?
1: Well, they've got four locations, St Ives, Liverpool, um, Modern and Britain. And they tend to put on about four major exhibitions each year. Um, but what was really cool with this one, it usually takes about three years to plan and prep and set up each big major sort of yeah. retrospective. Um, and this one was 18 months. And considering how big it is.
3: So that was quite quick.
1: Really. Yeah. It's such a lot of work, and um, because um, this is the first time we're seeing a huge retrospective like this in the UK, probably for about a hundred years. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it's just such a big job, yeah. and they've done it really, really well.
3: But it doesn't move around between like like those big exhibitions sometimes do, like go around the world. Is it just going to no. be in the
1: Tate? Yeah, it's just going to be in the Tate Modern. And do you know how long it's on for? It's on until the thirtieth of October.
4: Oh, okay, so lots get of get time down there. To go down yeah. Through thanks georgia that was really really
3: interesting and we better go visit yeah yeah do do it guys (laughs) thanks
4: bye Bye. what an episode what a great episode there was a lot going on yeah I liked that bit of the tape it was really good yeah well thank you to Hannah Johnston who georgia spoke to
3: Uh, thank you to Becky and Lottie from the fashion team and ASOS Likes and Sharon Rooney
4: who came in she was great And all those people you spoke to at British Summertime. Yes. Cheers, lads. And also, I guess we should thank our producer, Warren. Warren. Thanks, Warren. Thanks, Shan. Thanks, Annie. I know, we never thanked each other before. That's cute, isn't it? Um, very amicable, this ending. Um, If you like it, please don't forget to rate us. And you can subscribe on Acast, iTunes, or your favourite podcast app. And tune in
3: next episode for more chat from These Four Walls.